Hey there, it's me, Aubrey. Do you like what you hear on the Ask Aubrey podcast and find yourself thinking about what it would be like to work with me directly? For me to weigh in on the things you're going through and help to support you through it on a path toward growth and wellness and self-worth? Well, you can hire me as your coach. I'm a certified life coach specializing in self-worth for women and queer people. I have a few slots open for life coaching clients in the new year, and I offer a totally free consultation, including a sample coaching session, so you can see what coaching is like and decide if it's right for you at no cost. If you're interested or even just curious, you can sign up for your free sample session at my website. That's aubreyhenderson.com. Let's talk. I can't wait to support you as you grow towards your goals and into your best and most gorgeous self. Hey there, my name is Aubrey Henderson. I'm a self-worth coach and professional calm in the chaos. I believe that when you're feeling stuck in your life and you can't decide on the next right step, that getting some perspective or a pep talk from someone outside of your shoes can be an absolute game changer. This podcast is that pep talk. Every week, I'll share my responses to listener questions, real life coaching sessions, and interviews about topics that you can connect with and learn from. All things that will help you to reconnect with your own self-worth and inner goodness and vision for your life so you can feel great and get shit done. Welcome to Ask Aubrey. I'm so glad you're here. Hey babes, so it's the final episode of 2019 and I thought it was only fitting for us to talk about New Year's resolutions, goals, and intentions. And I use all of those words because, you know, different people call them different things and, you know, I have kind of my thoughts about, you know, the words that I like to use and we'll talk more about that in the episode. But, you know, this is a fascinating topic to me. Um, I polled you all on Instagram and it turns out that folks have some feelings about this. So you have the folks who set resolutions every single year. It's a really important and meaningful practice to them. You have folks who do it kind of, and maybe a little bit half-assedly just because they feel like they're supposed to. And so they pick kind of a generic goal every year and then give it up by mid-January that they're not going to do it. And then you have the folks who say, you know, fuck this whole practice. And they actually make a point not to set a resolution or a goal or anything like that at the new year because they feel like it's arbitrary or like it's going to set them up to fail with all the pressure. And so when all was said and done, Um, About 65% of you in my Instagram poll said that you always set a New Year's resolution or goal or intention. So 65% of you said that you always do. And 35% of you said that you never do. And this is, of course, the folks who responded to the poll. But 65% said you always do. 35% said you never do. And then beyond that, folks um, shared with me some of their rationale behind their answer 
maybe some of the things they had in mind for 2020 that they're setting as resolutions. And so a lot of that input was inspiration for um, some of the things I share in this episode. So I want to dig into that a bit with you today. I want to talk about the reasons why we do or don't set resolutions or goals or intentions for the new year, and then provide some tips and insight for those of you who are making plans for 2020. Um, in this way and who are setting kind of a vision or a resolution of some kind. I do also want to give a quick uh, little content warning that this episode does contain a few mentions of weight, diet, and exercise related resolutions. And so I mostly just mentioned that they're common New Year's resolutions and I use them as examples, but did want to give that heads up nonetheless in case that is something that's triggering for you. Um, Nothing in this episode is going to be me encouraging anybody that they need to diet or lose weight because if you know me, you know I believe that is not my business and I love you exactly the way that you are. So I hope that you enjoy this episode and as always, if you find something of value in this podcast episode, if you enjoy it, please grab a screenshot of yourself listening, share it on your social media and tag me. I'm at Aubrey, that's A-4-H-S-B-R-E-E. Enjoy. When you hear the words New Year's resolution, what comes to mind for you? I ask this because I want you to be aware of the context, the background, the feelings, the energy that you bring when you think about this topic. So maybe you roll your eyes and you're like, this is all bullshit. Maybe you get excited thinking about New Year's resolutions. Maybe goal setting is your jam. And so this is just another opportunity to do that. Maybe you immediately think about, you know, the goals or intentions that you're going into 2020 with and you already have those mapped out. For me, I think about my own past New Year's resolutions. So those include a lot of random things, things like get into grad school or lose a couple pounds or pay down my credit card. Or more commonly, the last several years has been finish a January Whole30. I haven't done that one. Um, so, you know, if this stuff might sound familiar to you, it might sound similar to kind of resolutions you've set for yourself. Um, you know, and as I kind of mentioned, there are some of these that I have accomplished, some of them I haven't. So in thinking about the way you've set resolutions in the past, I do want you also to reflect on whether you have actually accomplished them. So thinking about your past New Year's resolutions, have you have you accomplished those? Have you met those? Have you made progress toward them? Um, and whether you met them or not, do you have a sense of why? Why you did or didn't accomplish them? And so thinking about that, we'll start to talk a little bit about resolutions. Um, you know, really commonly, New Year's resolutions are focused on three different things. So one, they could be focused on quitting something unhealthy. So this can mean quitting smoking or cutting back on your drinking, um, not eating any more refined sugar, quitting biting your nails. Um, Another category is they can be, instead of taking something away, they can be focused on incorporating a new habit. So something like, you know, I'm going to exercise every single day or I'm going to eat healthier, a little more broad. Um, They could also be in this third category about kind of just meeting a big milestone. So that's something like maybe paying down a student loan or a credit card bill or, you know, I'm going to run a marathon. So by now, I think you know that I am 
super in favor of prioritizing your own personal growth, of setting goals and working to reach them and having just really radical belief in yourself. But I also personally think that there are just a lot of problems with the way that we generally approach New Year's resolutions and goal setting. And so I'm going to break some of that down here. And so if we use, let's use me as an example. If I look at the old resolutions that I talked about a few minutes ago, so, you know, things like losing 10 pounds or um, getting into grad school or, you know, paying down debt or what was the, oh, my never met goal, finish a January whole 30. <laughs> um, you know, if I look at those, here's what I see. I see some of those things that aren't even in my control. So like, yes, I I got into grad school the year that I set that as a resolution. But if I'm honest, my actions between January 1st and when I got accepted, which was sometime in the spring, were pretty much not what made that happen. Um, you know, I got into grad school because I did a ton of work while I was an undergrad to, you know, get good grades and to be involved in extracurricular activities, develop relationships with professors and, you know, with my employers who could write me letters of recommendation, like all of that work kind of went in on the front end. And so in the new year, there wasn't, you know, much that I was working toward. It was kind of crossing my fingers and hoping that all of the work leading up to that had been enough. So that was something that was kind of out of my control. Um, Other things I see, I see a lot of like tangible, concrete endpoint goals, like things that I, are going to be true when I finish um, without really any mention of the stuff that's in between. So what I mean by that is there are things on my list of like, you know, lose 10 pounds or <laughs> finish the January whole 30 or, you know, pay down a credit card. But what I don't mention, what I don't see there are the things that have to happen in between for me to meet those goals. So what about, you know, strengthening my relationship with money so I have enough money to pay down my credit card? Or, you know, incorporating movement into my daily routine if I'm going to lose 10 pounds. Or eat food that makes my body feel good, which is ultimately, honestly, the reason why I do Whole30 is to make my body feel good. So I'm getting ahead of myself here a little bit. I mean, we're going to talk more about the intention piece here in a minute, but I really just think the end of a calendar year can create this environment where we all get kind of swept up in this like new year, new you bullshit. And even more so because as I'm recording this, it's actually the last few days of 2019. And so January 1st, 2020, you know, clicks us into the start of not only a new year, but a new decade. And so the it feels like the pressure is really on to kind of completely just transform yourself and become a totally different person than we've been in the previous decade. And so as a result of this pressure, what we do is we set resolutions and goals that are unrealistic or they're unachievable. So we're set up to fail before we even begin. We set way too many fucking goals. So we say, you know, in 2020, it's going to be my year. I'm going to lose 40 pounds and then I'm going to start a business and I'm going to run two marathons and I'm also going to pay down $300,000 in debt. And then I'm going to cook all of my meals at home and bring lunch every day to save money. And I'm going to quit smoking. And also I'm going to cut out refined sugar completely. 
too many fucking goals. And then on the things that we want to cut out, we try to go cold turkey. We try to quit things overnight that are ingrained habits that we've built and developed over years and years and years of our life. And we expect that we can just snap our fingers and not do it the next day The between you know, December 31st and January 1st, something magically changes. And, you know, even more, we believe that the first day of a new year is the only day that we can kind of like start fresh and start anew. And the only day that we can introduce a new habit or a new goal or a new intention. So let me tell you something. Let me be totally honest with you. The clock is going to strike midnight on January 1st, 2020, and you are going to be the same fucking person that you were at 11.59 p.m. on December 31st, 2019. Practically, it is no different than any other day of the year from 11.59 p.m. to midnight. New year, same you. And your first thought hearing that might be, yeah, Aubrey, no shit. I didn't think I was miraculously going to transform overnight, but thanks anyway. Or your reaction might be to kind of roll your eyes or take offense because it feels like I'm trashing an annual tradition that's important to you. And if that's the case, I'm sorry, dude. But I, I have good news. And that is that what a new year offers us is an opportunity for new intention, an opportunity for new mindset. And yeah, spoiler alert, you can change your intention literally at any time. This doesn't just apply for the new year, which actually makes it better. This is not time-bound, you know, advice or guidance that I'm about to offer you. You can use this any time of the year. Um, But it's great for the new year because it's a time that I think more people all at once are kind of focused on this goal-setting, intention-setting process. Um, But, you know, I get it. The new year is a good, clean-cut opportunity to cue that new mindset, to say, hey, we're clicking into a new year. Let's start fresh. Let's do it. So I'm not going to be mad about it if this is your moment, babe. Let's do it. So, you know, that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, I think this language change for me of switching over and not calling them New Year's resolutions, but calling them New Year's intentions is powerful. And it's important. And let me tell you why. So if we actually look at the word intention and we define that word, basically what it means is that you have an aim or a plan to do a certain thing. So it means that you intend to do or be something. You might even feel resolved to do it, which, yes, is a nod to the more commonly used word resolution, which we just talked about, we're moving away from. And y'all, it's not its not about the word resolution by definition. I just, I believe we kind of poisoned that word. We've poisoned the word resolution because we've taken it from meaning like I feel resolved to do something. We've taken it from that and we've made it instead feel synonymous with this idea of like a resolution is an enormous goal or accomplishment that you want to achieve. And we, what we've taken out is this idea of intention behind it, of, you know, kind of what's underneath it, what's fueling it for you. And so that's what I want to tap into today. So one of my favorite authors of all time and, you know, kind of a self-development guru is Danielle Laporte. 
And so her work is just exquisite. Like I, I love her. I find myself recommending her all the time to my clients, to literally just anyone in my life. And so in her book, The Desire Map, she says, knowing how you actually want to feel is the most potent form of clarity that you can have. Okay, I'm going to read that again. Knowing how you actually want to feel is the most potent form of clarity that you can have. If you're my client listening to this, you're smiling or laughing or nodding your head right now because I bring this concept into my coaching a lot. I feel like so often folks create these goals or resolutions for themselves because, you know, we as people feel like there's something we should do. I'm doing I'm doing air quotes, but you can't hear air quotes because this is a fucking podcast. Um, something that we, quote, should do without any, you know, real deep sense of or connection to the why behind it. So why do you want to lose weight? Why do you want to pay off your credit card debt? To really kind of tap into the why, I find that it's helpful to think about how you want to feel. So if we use the weight loss example, um, you know, if I want to lose, let's say, 10 pounds, I can start by asking myself, why? And maybe the answer is, well, because I want to fit into that old pair of jeans I have in my closet that I like so much. Okay, so we have more depth on the goal now. So let's take it even a layer deeper. So what do I want to feel when I wear that pair of jeans? Do I want to feel energized like I did when I first bought and fit into the jeans 10 years ago? Do I want to feel desired by my significant other? Do I want to feel more physically comfortable in my body? Maybe it's some other feeling entirely. Okay, but the thing to realize here is that these are very different feelings to be seeking. They are all perfectly valid feelings, like literally all feelings are. But as we're digging deeper into that layer, it allows you to identify what it is that you're really looking for. Because guess what? It's not actually about the pair of jeans. It's not about the credit card debt. It's not actually about being skinnier or having a capsule wardrobe or having a new car. You are looking for a feeling. And maybe you want to feel energized. Maybe you want to feel independent. Maybe you want to feel safe. Maybe you want to feel free. Whatever that feeling is, find it and tap into that. And to take it a step further, scrap the goals and start over with the feelings. So think about it this way. On December 31st, 2020, how do you want to feel? Not what you want to look like or what you want to own or what you want to eat or, you know, what money you do or don't want to owe. How do you want to feel when 2020 ends? Literally a statement of, I want to feel blank. Start from there and then map backward. Map out the intentions or the goals that will get you there. 
Danielle Laporte has another book. Um, she has several other books, but another book she has is called The Firestarter Sessions. And in that one, she has a quote that says, if your goals aren't synced with the substance of your heart, then achieving them won't matter much. And y'all, if that is not the dang truth, I don't know what is. Okay, so now that I've waxed philosophical about resolutions versus goals versus intentions versus whatever it is that you personally call the things you set at the new year, let's talk about some tips for actually setting them and sticking to them. Um, So resolutions versus intentions. So unlike resolutions, intention setting really is focused less on kind of the concrete outcome at the end, the tangible thing you're going to accomplish, and more on the journey that leads to those outcomes. And so, you know, I think of it this way. Resolutions are focused more on the external outcome, the reward, you know, the I'm going to finish running a marathon, I'm going to try a new vegetable every single day this year. It's a lot. It's a lot of fucking vegetables. And intentions focus more on, you know, the internal power, the feeling, the long-term change and shift. And so if, you know, if applied to like our weight loss example, for example, let's say we're setting a resolution around weight loss, it's going to sound like I'm going to lose 10 pounds in 2020. Pretty straightforward, um, focused on the end result and what we want to be true at the end of the year. But if we're choosing to set an intention instead, the weight loss might be a result of that, but it's not going to be the focus probably. And so, you know, the intention is going to sound something more like, I'm going to take care of my body uh, the way that it deserves. I'm going to take care of my body the way that it deserves. And so, yeah, this might mean making changes to your diet or your exercise routine or your sleep habits or the hygiene products you're using. But the focus is not necessarily going to be on any of those specific changes. It's not going to be on those tangible outcomes. The intention is treating your body the way it deserves, and that's the focus. And so, you know, intentions, when it really comes down to it, are about reconnecting with ourselves, with our most authentic selves. Intention setting enables us to, you know, reconnect with the things that we truly need and the things we desire with the way we want to feel, um, you know, what we want to be true. And the intentions seek to address that actually from within in order to achieve change. So resolutions are often setting awareness externally on the achievement of something outside of yourself, um, whereas intentions are focused on accomplishing that from within. And the difference, it can feel subtle, um, but it, it's actually a pretty big difference and it's it's really important and, you know, can can kind of cause a big shift in the way that you're thinking about this. So when you're ready to set an intention, I've outlined just a couple steps that, you know, I would encourage you to take. And the first one would be to really spend a good amount of time in self-reflection and, you know, really dig into how it is that you want to feel. And so like I talked about earlier, your intentions are only going to matter to you and you know, come to fruition if it's based in something that truly is meaningful to you and is connected to those core desired feelings that you've identified. 
So really the best place to start is to think through what areas of your life are the most important to you along with you know, what your priorities and passions are and how you want to feel. And your intentions need to align with that. They need to align with who you are fundamentally. You know, what do you want your life to look like and feel like and why? And so that's really the first step and spending a lot of time there. And then, you know, once you've identified that, what are your core desired feelings? What do you want your life to feel like? Um, The next step is to really let go of your doubts and your negative beliefs. And I know that's easier said than done, but your thoughts are powerful. And you're probably going to have some doubting thoughts or you're going to have your inner critic piping up to tell you that this shit is impossible, that you aren't capable of it, that you don't deserve the things that you're dreaming up for 2020. These are normal thoughts. (laughs) I'm not saying you need to be ashamed about it. But for the love of God, don't accept those statements as truth. Just because your inner critic is saying something to you does not mean that she's right. And so, you know, acknowledge the thoughts. Acknowledge the thoughts when they come up and then send them away. Release them, let them go. This is really critically important because this is the part that can sabotage us. And it's the part that, you know, gets in the way of so many of our goals. I think I, I feel like I'm going to butcher this quote, but, you know, a, a quote and a concept that I see a lot is that fear, you know, destroys more dreams than failure ever could. It's this idea that like so much of, you know, the potential and the things we could accomplish and the things that we could be are foiled by fear. And that's what this is, right? And this can be really hard if it's, you know, if it's an area that you've set resolutions or goals for and you feel like you failed in the past. If you've already tried this and you feel like you haven't been able to do it, then of course these like, you know, shame gremlins are going to creep in. And the thing to remember is that your inner voice wants to protect you. That's what the inner critic is doing. The inner critic wants to protect you from disappointment and failure. But we know something our inner critic doesn't know. We know that sometimes we have to push through fear. We have to push through discomfort to get to something good. We know that we can't have everything good without going through kind of like the fear and sometimes pain and, you know, sometimes discomfort to get to the other side and enjoy what's good on the other side. And so you need to really let go of what that inner critic is telling you, what those doubts are that you're hanging on to and remind yourself that you are focusing on intention now. And so the next step after this piece is, and that, and you're going to have to come back to number two over and over again, right? It's not like, you know, oh, the doubts come up. Oh, goodbye doubts. And then they never return. They're going to continue to come up. But it's something to be cognizant of is that you're going to have those come in. Once you've, once you've set an intention and you're really living into it, your doubts are going to come up. And so you're going to continually circle back to step two. But the next step to be mindful of is, you know, allow your intentions to, you know, guide the plans and goals and actions and milestones. So once you have the intention set in place, it's kind of this big idea, right? Um, And so you're then going to use that intention to determine, you know, the actions that you want to take in order to, you know, kind of live into that intention. What benchmarks or goals you want to hit to measure your progress. So if that intention is, 
you know, like we talked about, just to go back to that example, I'm going to, you know, I want to treat my body the way that it deserves to be treated. That's the intention. There are going to be specific steps that you have to have to take to live into that. So that might be eating foods that nourish your body. That might be incorporating a movement that feels good for your body. And so, you know, allowing that intention to guide the things that you choose to do. And when you use the intention as the focus, it actually, you know, it actually allows you to keep going even if you have trouble sticking to the exact changes or actions you're working on incorporating in your life. So let's say, you know, if the intention is I'm going to, you know, do things that, you know, treat my body the way it deserves. And you say, okay, cool, I'm going to exercise every single day. And then maybe you're not actually doing that action. You're finding you're exercising maybe once or twice a week instead. You you know, you're not self-flagellating for that. You're not saying, you know, I am terrible and punishing yourself because you're not hitting a resolution. Whereas, you know, you can see if your resolution was I'm going to work out every single day, 365 days for this entire year and you miss a day, then you feel like, oh, I've fucked up my entire resolution. Whereas, you know, if working out daily was an action that you were trying to do to lead towards your intention, then what you need to revisit is, okay, am I, but am I still living in this intention? Are my actions still contributing to this intention? And maybe working out one or two days a week is still very much contributing to that intention. It would be for me as somebody who barely works out ever right now. So really just rooting yourself in that intention and then letting your concrete kind of actions and plans flow from there. And then from there, the next step is to, you know, create a word or a short phrase that kind of sums up your intention. So, you know, let's say, let's say to go with the same example, I'm, you know, I'm wanting to live in a way that I'm nourishing my body. That's my intention for the year. Um, Maybe I shorten that to use one word to summarize it. So maybe that word is nourishment or even just nourish. But whatever yours is, you know, this word or the short phrase, it really should become kind of a mantra that you're using. It's something that's going to help you stay really connected to your vision. And so, you know, if you're someone who meditates, it might be helpful to meditate on your word or phrase. And, you know, for me, I love putting little love notes all over the place. You probably know this about me by now. So I've, you know, I've talked about it plenty before. So I know for me, I'm going to be writing, you know, my intentions on post-it notes, notes in my phone, maybe, you know, make it my lock screen on my phone, who knows. But, you know, I do, you know, believe that this step of, you know, shortening it to a word or a phrase that's really, makes it feel really sticky, um, is helpful. I think this is going to help that intention stick for you. It makes it easy to remember and reconnect with and, you know, to quickly remind yourself of it. You know, even in those moments when, you know, fear and doubt come creeping in, you have a word to kind of really ground you and connect back to. So creating a word or short phrase that sums up your intentions. And then, so the next piece is celebrating success along the way, no matter how small. So this one is pretty straightforward, but building in celebration is a piece that I feel like people forget a lot. <laughs> and as a bit of a perfectionist myself, I definitely would include me in that statement. So just making sure that you find ways to really acknowledge and to honor when you've succeeded in living into your intention in your life. 
And here I'd also recommend sharing your intention for the year with others. And this is not only as a point of accountability, so you know you know someone else knows what you're working on and it, you know, holds you accountable, but also so they can acknowledge when you're doing amazing and they can name when you're doing really well. Um, and so the last piece of advice that I'd give is, you know, to really forgive yourself when shit goes wrong and it's going to go wrong because you're human, you're going to make mistakes and that's okay. And if you punish yourself, you know, for making a mistake, for slipping up, for doing something that's, you know, not aligned with your intention, you are so much less likely to stay on an intentional path and to make meaningful long-term change. Because if we're living in fear of fucking up and the punishment that we're actually inflicting on ourselves, that is not encouraging us to make meaningful change. So, you know, mistakes and slip-ups, they're normal. They're part of the journey. And to me, it's actually not about whether you're meeting a goal perfectly 100% of the time. Because, you know, if let's say your intention is to eat healthier and you find yourself shoving half a package of Oreos into your mouth, you haven't failed on your goal. What you've done is you've actually created an opportunity to pause and to think about why, to evaluate why, to do some inventory of the situation. So why am I eating half a package of Oreos? What spurred this? What triggered this moment? And how might you approach things differently to avoid it happening again? The magic, y'all, is not in the white knuckling it as long as you can until you slip and then giving up and saying, I can't do this. The magic is actually in fucking up, noticing it, and then using that data to recalibrate and do it differently next time. So to recap, here are, these are the steps for, you know, creating some killer intentions and really sticking to them. So number one, spend some time in self-reflection and really dig into how you want to feel. Number two, let go of those doubts and negative beliefs, hear them out, and then send them away. Three, allow your intentions to guide your plans, goals, actions, and milestones. Number four, create a word or short phrase that sums up your intentions, and then write that shit down all over the place and repeat it often. Number five, celebrate successes along the way, no matter how small. And number six, Forgive yourself when shit goes wrong because it will go wrong. I want to close out with a quote from Melody Beatty, who is one of my favorite recovery authors. Um, I spent a few years working as a counselor in addiction recovery, and I got turned on to, you know, recovery literature around that time. And Melody Beatty was an author that really, really resonated with me personally. Um, She really focuses a lot on codependency, which I do want to and will plan to talk about more in a future episode. It should get its own episode because it's a topic that means a lot to me personally. Um, But basically, her work is just really focused on helping folks who have spent most of their time in life focused on others and what others want and need and helping people who have been focused on others to really tap into what they want most and what their own desires and dreams are when they may have lost touch with those things over the years. And so 
This quote from her really, I feel it applies here and I want to read it to you. I think this may be a helpful place to start brainstorming and maybe even thinking about your intentions or goals or resolutions, whatever you want to call them that you'd like to set for the new year. And, you know, in this in this quote, she uses the language of goals, but, you know, I believe it applies no matter how you're thinking about yourself in this new year. Make New Year's goals. Dig within and discover what you would like to have happen in your life this year. This helps you do your part. It is an affirmation that you're interested in fully living life in the year to come. Goals give us direction. They put a powerful force into play on a universal, conscious, and subconscious level. Goals give our life direction. What would you like to have happen in your life this year? What would you like to do, to accomplish? What good would you like to attract into your life? What particular areas of growth would you like to have happen for you? What blocks would you like to have removed? What would you like to attain? Little things and big things. Where would you like to go? What would you like to have happen in friendship and love? What would you like to have happen in your family life? What problems would you like to see solved? What decisions would you like to make? What would you like to happen in your career? Write it down. Take a piece of paper, a few hours of your time, and write it all down as an affirmation of you, your life, and your ability to choose. Then let it go. The new year stands before us like a chapter in a book waiting to be written. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved it, please take a second to subscribe on your favorite platform, leave a rating or a review, and take a screenshot and share it on social media or with a friend who needs to hear a message like this one. I love the chance to hear from you and connect with you because it gives me the opportunity to remind you that you are worthy, worthy of wholeness and happiness and just good things. So send me the question or the topic that's keeping you up at night or that you just want to hear more about. You can send me a voice memo at anchor.fm slash Aubrey Henderson, and I can actually include any voice memos that you send me in the show, which I think is pretty rad. Or you can send a good old fashioned written message from my website at aubreyhenderson.com. I'll see you next time, babes. <laughs>